Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. When we take control of our lives and our destiny. We're a small country, but we punch way above our weight. Like, I'm filming now at this stage, to be honest with you. I thought it was one of the hardest things to do. It was horrendous. We're the one for Cork and ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 1850-715-996. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The lines are live. Let's kickstart the conversation. This is The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Okay, okay, okay. There's a lot of people panicking and worrying and really stressing themselves out over the news this morning. So I promise you what we plan to do on the opinion line this Friday. We have to cover it. It is the biggest news story of the day in terms of COVID-19 and one of the biggest news stories in terms of COVID-19 for quite some time. We intend to cover it. We intend to cover it as carefully and as factually as we possibly can. And we will certainly do our level best not to frighten or panic anybody. Okay? So that's our promise to you. There's a lot of panic, a lot of scary stuff out there this morning. We don't want to scare and we don't want to panic anybody. This thing was only discovered or at least only named three days ago. We're talking about November 26th here this Friday morning and this was only discovered in the, on the 23rd of November. It was discovered in Botswana. Uh, it is called, its official laboratory name is B.1.1.529. Now don't worry about that either. You'll see it all over the newspapers. Every time there's a change in this virus, they name it. And it's B.1.1.529. In actual fact, John Campbell has explained really well in one of his videos how those names come up. It was discovered by a Dr. Moyo in an AIDS partnership university in Botswana, where ongoing research continues into this. It's got a lot going on. We know there's got a lot going on. We know the World Health Organization is looking into it. 
uh, to see is it what they call a variant of concern. Right now, they're just taking note of it. Big move to shut down flights from Africa into the European Union, possibly. They're trying to get the Munster rugby team out. They're trying to get the Irish and British golfers out of South Africa at the moment. That can lead to people to panic. We'll try to stay factual. We'll try to stay calm as best we can. Let us go to the man who's been there for us since the very first day COVID-19 entered our vocabulary. I talk of uh, Dr. John Sheehan. John, good morning to you. Morning, PJ. Um, We're trying not to panic people this morning. What do we know? It's only been discovered three days ago. Absolutely. And, and really, the, the message is keep doing as you're doing with all the precautions that people have been doing for the last couple of years, PJ. And you're, you're dead right when you say like this is a variant of interest. And th- this virus changes all the time. Every day it changes throughout the world. And there's about a few hundred different variants uh, that are floating around at any one time. And then some of them seem to act a little bit differently or perhaps be a little bit more infectious. So they become variants of interest. And then that escalates to a variant of concern, where they're concerned that this could become the dominant strain. And really, as you said, we don't know yet. So that's really why they're taking the precautionary sort of principle of, we don't know how infectious this is going to be. We don't know whether this is going to be a bit like the Delta strain, um, but we just need to be uh, cautious about it. And that's why the EU and the UK and other countries have taken those measures in terms of restrictions. But it's important to remember, PJ, this is going to be exactly, you know, we continue on our daily lives. There are other variants that we thought maybe there was one from Brazil uh, a number of months ago that we thought was going to, you know, become very dominant. And it didn't, you know, so this may turn out not to be uh, um, a big story. It may turn out to be more infectious. But at the moment, we don't know. And that's why they're taking those precautions. Yeah. Like you said, there have been many, many more variants. I mean, going through the Greek alphabet, the, the, the letter mu is near the end. So there have been, been many of them that have just arrived, been looked at, been studied and then burnt themselves out. That's the initial hope, isn't it? That that really is the hope that that, that this is, is just uh, a variant of what's happening already, and it may not make a big difference. I suppose one of the the reason they're acting so quickly with this variant is because it's it seems to have a lot of mutations on its spike protein. The spike protein, um, as you know, is kind of the cover of the virus, and that, that's where the vaccine sort of attacks. So it seems to have sort of a lot of differences there. So the concern is, will that make it more infectious or will it make it more uh, harder for the vaccine to attack? And that's really why um, they're taking these measures now. They don't know the answers to these questions, but it's a bit like an alarm going off somewhere in someone's house or in an office. It may be nothing, but you just need to check it out and you just need to take precautions. And that's really what's happening here. And the closure of flights and getting people out of South Africa back home be as quickly as possible. That is just, would you say, John, learning from the mistakes that allowed Delta to take over and nearly allowed Alpha to take over. Yeah, and, and, and it does two things, PJ, I think. One, it, it slows the, 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 the transmission of the virus around the place. And they may be, it may be in Europe already, we don't know. But the other thing it really does is it buys them time. So even if it has spread, and, and then there's, there's reports that it's in Hong Kong as well. So even if it has spread, 
by closing down the air, you know, the, the direct flights, you're reducing significantly the rate that it will spread. And that allows us to buy time to get a better understanding about is this virus going to change anything we're going to do significantly. Something else you can do, of course, when you have just a handful, we think it's well, something like less than 100 cases or something. Um, you can quarantine the hell out of this. You can literally lock it down in hotel rooms, in hospital rooms, in people's houses, shut it down for two to three weeks and try to burn it out that way. You certainly can. Now, I, I suspect that's more challenging in reality than, of course it is. than in theory. Yeah, um, because, uh, you know, given, I suppose, given how much people travel these days and, and the interconnections and things like that. But you're right. You're absolutely dead right. And by bringing in these restrictions, you know, if someone is coming back from South Africa and they have to quarantine and things, you're burning that virus out. So then, therefore, they're not going out to their community. It's not spreading around the place. Mm. But the same things that we're doing now, you know, we continue to do the same precautions, all the usual stuff. That's what we continue to do for this. So this yeah. is not end of world stuff. To, to John and Mary, who are just after getting the kids off to school and they're sitting down to have their toast and marmalade before one or the other of them goes off to work and they're frightened this morning. John, what would you say to them? I would say, you know, we're two, two and a half years, PJ, since we, we had the first conversation about this. Um, this is, a, you know, this is one of many variants out there. Keep doing what we're doing. The measures that we do and uh, every day in terms of hand washing and distancing a mask, they're the things that will um, affect this virus and it'll affect this variant. And we keep doing as we are and not to panic. Um, you know, th- these are cropping up all the time and a lot of them we don't even hear about. Yeah. Um, this may be nothing but it's just something we just need to be aware of. But keep doing as we're doing. And doctors like yourself, John, on the ground there in Blackpool, like the WHO is now meeting to see where it goes next. How quickly do you get an instruction as to what to do? We get an instruction. Realistically, for something like this, this will come through the national media and it will come from the HSE. So if there's a change in what we do in our day-to-day, we'll get an email from the HSE today. Um, But in reality... This is sort of a national and international and EU thing. So it's some terms of restrictions and travel restrictions and things like that. So it's more national stuff rather than local stuff. And um, where where it affects us on a day-to-day basis, if we have to change something in our day-to-day, for instance, vaccinations or precautions or something, and then usually we get something fairly quickly. But I wouldn't expect us to get anything about this to change anything we're doing in our day-to-day practice at the moment. Lastly and briefly, John, it will have no implications at all, I suspect, for the booster programme, which you're rolling out through the practices, and for the upcoming vaccination of, of children. It'll have no implications for that. No, it won't. I think that, and, and it just re-emphasises, the booster programme is rolling along and it seems to be really effective. We we, we were vaccinating yesterday, PJ, um, and it seems to be really effective um, in terms of um, protecting older people and vulnerable groups. So the more we can drive on with the with the booster programme, the better. Yeah, and the recommendations that Neffet are now making about no gatherings for children for, for two weeks and children from third class up wearing masks in school and from the age of nine having to wear masks on the bus and in supermarkets. Effective, do you think? Will it be enough? I really do think it's effective. I know it's a really pain and, and particularly with people with small children and when people are fed up with the whole thing. But you can already see, you know, this week when we all make slight changes in our behavior, it seems to make a big difference in terms of the numbers 
and, and, and reducing things down. So measures like this, it, you know, it allows us to pull back a bit. So when, when we hit the December, we're not going to have this big spike that we had um, last year. So they really do make a difference. That small individual behavior that we all think, oh, that's not really going to matter. You add all of them up nationally, it really does make a difference. All right. Thank you, as always, for being there for us. He's been there for us since day one, Dr. John Sheehan, former Lord Mayor, and, of course, uh, Blackpool GP. Right. They're calling it the Botswana variant. They're calling it the Mu variant. It was only discovered three days ago by brilliant scientists, brilliant scientists in in Africa. Uh, A doctor called Dr. Moyo, uh, Sikule Moyo, uh, being his full name, but Dr. Moyo, working at the Botswana Harvard AIDS Institute, found it. Well, they sequenced it is the term. It's got something like 30 different changes from the original Wuhan virus that they found back in the day, seems like forever ago. And then uh, the whole thing is being led by a a team at the Tullio de Oliveira Centre. And it seems that they've got a problem at the outskirts of Johannesburg. It's the Guateng province in South Africa. And there seems to be a cluster of cases there and it is in danger, obviously, they're concerned about it spreading into Johannesburg. Hence all of the, and I hate to use the word panic, to get sports stars out of Johannesburg, to get tourists out of Johannesburg, to get flights from South Africa are going to be effectively banned around the world for the immediate future. Uh, we didn't want to be here again, but we are. But the message is please do not panic. Please do not panic. It was only discovered three days ago. And there's a lot different about it. But there have been variants before and they have disappeared. But what we are doing now, what the world seems to be doing now, is taking evasive action to keep it from growing and from spreading, which is as much as the world can do. 1850 If we get more expert input during the morning, we've reached out to an awful lot of our expert contributors. As you can appreciate, they're really, really busy today. Really, really busy trying to figure out what's going on here. But if we can get anything for you, we certainly will. Before quitting time this Friday. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083-396-9696. On Cork's 96FM. Yeah, so there's three or four different things about this new variant that are causing people to be concerned. The World Health Organization is meeting to look into it. People like Dr. David Nabarro, for example, who we've had on this program many times, expertise, the best brains in the world at the WHO will look at this and decide whether or not we need to to be worried about it. But for now, we are bolting the stable door while the horse is still kicking inside. 
which means that it hopefully it, it won't go any further than it already has gone. Uh, someone says, did I hear it was found in Portugal? No, there's no reports, reports of that. Portugal is slamming down again because of Delta. Delta is getting out of control again in Portugal. So they've imposed more restrictions in Portugal to do with Delta. And Frankie Beats, who's been on it before, uh, was tweeting last night about those changes. They've tightened their restrictions for flying in and flying out and general life in Portugal. We are hearing reports of a case of this having been located in Israel. Now, if it's in, if it's in Israel, Israel are so ahead of the game on vaccinations and stuff like that, that it'll actually be studied as a, as a case in Israel. What do we know about it? Well, it would appear to spread as fast, if not faster, than Delta. And there are a number of changes in those infamous spike proteins, those little spiky bits that you see on the edge of the ball. They're the bits that attach to you, like the sticklebacks that you find in the grass in the summertime. They stick to you. The changes in those, there were three or four changes in those. The worry is, the worry is that they may evade antibodies in our blood that are put there by our vaccinations. I say may, okay? They don't know for sure. They don't know for sure. And if you know what a furin cleavage is, uh, there seems to be one there as well. It's all very complicated. It's the best scientific brains in the world are working on this as we speak. It was only found three days ago by these brilliant scientists in Africa. So let us not panic each other on it at this stage. 1850-715-996. What is happening here on the doorstep, though, in the real world, is Neffet issued instructions yesterday about children. Effectively, children are to have no playdates and to be grounded for the next two weeks. That is, that is the recommendation of Neffet, that there be no playdates, no pantos, no nativities, no concerts, for the next two weeks to try to slow the movement of Delta in the community. Uh, they shouldn't go to birthday parties, nativity plays, communions, sleepovers or indoor playdates while the latest surge continues. Also, Neffet recommends that children over the age of nine should be wearing masks on the bus and in the shop. And from third class upwards in primary school, children should be wearing masks and that should remain the case until at least mid-February. That's Neffet's letter to Minister Stephen Donnelly. Now it hasn't happened yet but next week yeah, next week, when the cabinet meets these things could become the way to go as it were. Also it's been announced yesterday that the vaccination of 5 to 11 year olds can begin. European Medicines Agency has approved it, NIAC will approve it now and it's supposed to start after Christmas, the vaccination of 5 to 11-year-olds. Let's bring in uh, Laura Erskine um, with Baby Doc Club. Uh, Laura, a lot to take in for parents this morning. Forget about what's happening happening in Africa. Let's look, focus on our own doorstep. A lot to take in. Good morning. 
Good morning. Yes, there certainly is uh, between the recommendations to uh, to limit our um, social interactions for younger children over the next two weeks, the mask wearing, the vaccinations. Parents certainly have, have a lot to digest um, over the coming days. Uh, and it couldn't be a better time than actually looking at all of this information with the toy show being aired tonight. I think underlining that we all want a safe Christmas, whereby we can see our family and our friends um, is the priority for most parents. So, you know, taking on board some of these recommendations by the government would be a good idea to help us all achieve that, particularly when it comes to limiting our social interactions outside of school um, over the next two weeks to try and stem the the transmission of the Delta variant amongst primary school children, where we know that there's, you know, already 10,000 cases in the last two weeks. Mm. Then we've got a further 15,000 kids isolating just because they've been in close contact. You know, uh, it's it's very significant. And when you compare that then to secondary schools where the numbers are far lower, we can see that mask wearing is obviously working because the secondary school students have been wearing their masks since they returned to school in September and the primary school students haven't. So the new recommendation for children from third to sixth class to wear masks in school is a good idea. We know it works. It's been recommended by the WHO and we're seeing it working in our secondary school population. So Mm. it makes sense that children who can understand and wear masks properly should be wearing them. And they are those students in the third to sixth class of primary schools. Listening to the response from parents on the various news programmes last night, And this morning, a lot of parents will be uneasy about putting a mask on a third class child. There's a lot of nonsense out there about psychology and damage and all this kind of thing. But you reckon, look, they'll get used to it. They're resilient little little beasts. They'll get used to it. Exactly. They are. They really are resilient. They're well used to seeing people wearing masks. Some of them have even worn them on aeroplanes over the summer when they went traveling with their families because that was a requirement at that time, depending on the country that they were visiting. You know, France have been getting children um, over five to wear masks since uh, before the summer, uh, they they had the children wearing school in schools wearing them over there too. So you know it's not unusual. Some children are choosing to wear masks where they have had a cold and they don't want to to transmit it, or where they've a vulnerable member in their family and they've opted to wear masks to be extra precaution uh, for for their own you know, immediate circle. And children are, you know, at that age, they understand the importance of it. They want Christmas just as much as every other child. And they also follow what their peers do. So, you know, if if most children in their class are wearing masks, they won't want to be the ones who are the odd ones out. They will want to to wear the masks too. What will be important is that they wear them correctly. So that means taking them on and off using the ear loops rather than handling the main part of the mask. Because we don't want to be wearing masks just to, to tick a box. We want them to be effective. Yeah. Um, and, and they do need to be wearing, you know, if they're going to be wearing them in school um, over a prolonged period of time, just taking them off at, at break times uh, when they're 
out in the fresh air, then they need to be breathable. So some of the ones that are available to buy in some of the the, uh, department stores that aren't the disposable ones, they may not be the easiest to breathe through. They may be made from, you know, man-made materials. Um, And so actually the disposable ones are the ones that have the three layers that are the easiest to wear and to breathe within. Mm -hmm. And and actually they come in a, a, a child size. So it would be helpful if the government could provide those to primary schools. And that way we don't need to be worrying about whether a child has washed it properly, whether a child can breathe through it properly. Mm-hmm. And if those disposable masks in an, in a, an appropriate size were provided to schools where they could take a new one every single morning going into the classroom, mm-hmm. then I think it would really help and uh, also to, to mitigate. It would ease the expense for parents of having to buy them. Absolutely. And you don't want that to be, you know, uh, a challenging factor for parents in terms of taking this on board. And we must remember that children also take their cues from their parents. So much like if a if a parent is nervous about going to the dentist, they can pass that um, anxiety onto their children. So parents need to be positive about the mask wearing. Uh, children are well used to seeing it within their own um, within their own communities, lots of children wearing masks already, lots of adults wearing masks, teenagers, and they just need to get behind it and the children will take their cue from that. Yeah. I know that through uh, Baby Doc Club, you get a good sense of what the feeling is. What is the feeling among parents up and down the country, Laura? The ones that you can see are the ones that you interact with about the latest developments, do you think? Uh, overall, I think parents are relieved that something is being done. We've seen the the cases rising dramatically over the last four weeks and, and everyone's been sort of waiting for an announcement from the government that they're going to try and get a handle on this. Nobody wants Christmas to be cancelled. Uh, we've had too, too much hardship uh, when it comes to, to children and their social activities being, you know, hindered because of, of COVID and, and indeed family holidays and lots of of family occasions, communions being postponed and cancelled numerous times. So everybody wants Christmas to go ahead. And if we make these decisions now and we implement them quickly and we all get behind it, then we'll be able to look forward to, to spending Christmas with our family and friends. Uh, we all want the, the extracurricular activities to continue going ahead because they're really important for a child's mental health. You know, being able to, to play the football, to go to gymnastics, to go to piano, activities, classes, all of those things, they're so important. And not all of those activities happen outdoors. So any children that have been competing in those activities, you know, indoors, some of them have already been wearing masks and are happy to do so just so that they can continue participating. And um, mm. that's also really important. But I think parents are are hitting a burnout stage. We're, yeah. we're at this now almost two years. And, you know, really, we, we all thought we'd be much further ahead, you know, that the pandemic would be behind us not that we'd be heading into a fifth wave. So um, anything that we can do to try and mitigate the spread of of COVID, you know, in terms of Mm. social distancing, mask wearing, vaccinations. Yeah, I was Um, just going to ask you about that, Laura. What's the feeling, do you think, among parents about vaccinations of the 5 to 11-year-olds? 
I think anybody who has an older child who's had the the, the 12 plus vaccine um, will be happy for their younger children to get the vaccine because they've seen it work. They've seen it being effective. They know that um, somebody who gets vaccinated, even if they do contract COVID, that it'll be a much milder form. And I think the worry out there with this new South African variant that um, seems to have more uh, variations of the protein spike, making it le- even more resistant to vaccines and more um, deadly to uh, to people who contract it, that, you know, they'll want to put, do everything they can to, um, to try and prevent their child being affected by it. I think that at the moment, the issue is lack of information. So we don't know how many children have been tested. We, we you know, that information isn't in the public domain. It's only starting to come out now um, in terms of the effectiveness of this vaccine. What, um, what is the dosage amount mm. um, and what are the likely long-term effects um, on a child? Particularly, I know parents are worried about uh, the reproduction system um, and the effectiveness of or, or what effect that might have on that. I think that, you know, obviously we can't prove that because we haven't got a long a longitudinal study. Um, however, um, so far there hasn't been any adverse effects in that regard amongst adults. The children will be getting a dose um, of one third of what the adults That's are right. taking. The, the effectiveness of this vaccine is just over 90% and the the adverse effects in terms of immediately after the vaccine are the same as what you would get with the free, free flu vaccine shot, which are, yeah. you know, headaches, you know, soreness in the, in the injection area, um, maybe a bit of a temperature, um, a, a slight cold. But these are minor when you compare what it might be Absolutely. for a child to, oh. to contract the virus. Itself. And let, let, let alone the, the dangers of, of long COVID. Laura, thank you. Laura Erskine from Baby Doc Club, uh, formerly Mummy Pages. 1850-715-996. There is a lot to take in this morning. We appreciate that, but we're trying to do it as calmly as we can and as factually as we possibly can. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie Cork loves the arts. We do too. That's why we bring you the Arts House. Every Sunday on Cork's 96FM. Hi, it's Elmarie. Join me on Sunday morning when we take a look at what's happening in the arts in Cork and help you plan some great nights out at the theatre or see the latest films on release, catch a brilliant music gig or find the perfect book to get stuck into. The Arts House. Sunday mornings 8 to 10 with Griffin's Potatoes. Make the perfect chip at home with their chipping potatoes. Once you taste them, you'll be back for more. Now in store. Corks 96 FM. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 1850-715-996. On Corks 96 FM. Some of your comments this morning. The prices of the masks still very high, says Kate. If children are going to be wearing them now, they'll obviously damage them and they need to be changed quite frequently. Can the retailers not give us all a break? Even compared to other European countries, there's no sense to what they're charging. The German mask rule is you've got to wear those N95 ones in Germany. And I see there was a tweet there from Kevin yesterday that I didn't get to. They're about a euro, maybe less in, in Lidl and Aldi in, in Germany. I'm not too sure how much they, they cost here, uh, but they're a hell of a lot more than that if you're to wear the N95s. 
But masks are quite expensive in this country and if we have to go through a lot of them with small children, and you will go through a lot of them with small children, then they need to be cheaper. Then caller says, why are they putting masks on children? This has never been done before. Where is the evidence-based medicine, especially the psychological impact? Well, unfortunately, caller, the evidence is already there. Laura Erskine made a very good comparison <coughs> between the primary <coughs> sorry, between the primary schools and the secondary schools. The primary schools are in serious trouble with a surge of COVID cases, not so the secondary schools, because the children are wearing masks in secondary schools. That's here on our doorstep. We also know that this bogus claim by Neffet that schools were safe because they told us 10 times schools were safe, we then discovered that was based on research from countries where the kids were wearing masks in class. So there's the evidence. As for psychological, I think it wasn't it Neve Lynch was saying to yesterday morning, a, a paediatrician who, to be fair to her, probably knows more than the whole lot of us, in fact, definitely knows more than the whole lot of us put together. Children are resilient. They will get used to wearing a mask. They don't like it. I don't like it. You don't like it. Fiona doesn't like it. Fergal doesn't like it. But we all have to do it. Children are better at that than we are. They'll be okay. Uh, on uh, this one, uh, yeah, here we go. On the 95 masks, a regular listener was on to us, got them in Spain in bulk on the internet. Uh, something like a euro a pop. Uh, very, very cheap. Very, very cheap. 1850715996. Here's something nice. Okay. A nurse got onto us from the South Douglas Road testing centre, throbbing centre, uh, to say thank you to a lady who had her test on Wednesday and dropped off yesterday a gift bag with 20. I presume her test was negative. Dropped off a gift bag yesterday with 20 pairs of fingerless gloves and a handmade card. It was so kind of her to notice that we were frozen out there and to think about it, and most especially to go and buy the gloves and come out to see us again. It was a great boost for something so nice. Isn't that just lovely? If that woman is listening, you should be very proud of yourself. That would, and if that's your mom, or if that's your sister, or if that's your auntie, or your teacher, or if it's you, well done. Well, well done. That was gorgeous, a gorgeous thing to do. On the other hand, John says, <laughs> you're right. It is the media who are panicking people by talking about COVID seven days a week with no respite. I go about my life, says John, unvaccinated with my unvaccinated friends and put it all out of my mind. Now they're talking about vaccinating five-year-olds who are at such minimal risks to protect others, they say. So this has never been done before. It's disproportionate. Okay, John. As I said to you earlier on, all of our regular scientific contributors are really busy this Friday morning as they deal with the news coming through from Africa over the last couple of days of this wonderful work. It has to be said, wonderful work by African scientists who've discovered this new variant of COVID-19 and a lot of move to make sure it stays where it is and not let it out 
uh, while it's discussed by the World Health Organization. We'll get the latest after 10 with uh, Dr. Elizabeth Brint, who is an immunologist at UCC and who's been on with me before. In the meantime, though, John's called the opinion line. John, good morning. Or James, I beg your pardon. James, uh, he's not there. Okay, Fiona, see, can you get him back? I'll have, have a quick chat with him. James was on to say that uh, he isn't happy with the prospect of his child uh, needing to wear a mask. He's on what? On line one now, is he? Okay. James? No, that's what's on line one. We'll see can, see can we get it back. Uh, he, he was saying that he's uncomfortable with the prospect of his child having to wear a mask. I would like to know how people feel. Uh, and let us have an adult discussion. Let us not have any screaming at each other, but let, let us have an adult discussion. Maybe a text or WhatsApp or maybe a voice message. How do you feel about these two things? First of all, the idea that from third class up, your child might be asked to wear a mask or will be asked to wear a mask in class. And from nine up, they wear a mask on the bus and they wear a mask in the shop. Now, Mags has already been tweeting that her 10-year-old is wearing a mask in the shop anyway. So it's not a bother for her. But let me see what you think about the prospect of your child wearing a mask on the bus, wearing a mask at the shop at nine, wearing a mask in any kind of an, any gathering where adults are expected to wear masks, basically. Over nine-year-olds are going to be asked to wear masks. And then in class, from third class upwards, they're going to be asked to wear the mask. James was saying he's not happy. Uh, he unfortunately didn't stay with me to discuss why, which is a pity. But if anybody else would, would like to enter that argument, I'd be happy to, to hear from them on the opinion line. 1850-715-996. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. Quick one on Black Friday. Could you highlight the fact that every year during Black Friday, the most financially vulnerable in the country who rely on social welfare can't afford to buy much in these sales and can't afford to get a bargain because the Christmas bonus comes in the week after I think it would make more sense to pay the people the Christmas bonus while the sales are on and let the money stretch that bit further for families. It's just a thought and it'd be interesting to hear what others think. I'm sure people are very grateful for this bonus but I just feel in the current time with such savings to be made this week the bonus should be tweaked into the future. It's a thought. If we put masks on kids, when do we take them back off? That's, I think, February is what they're saying. At what point do we go back to normal? The numbers of cases indicate to me that the vaccine, although it may be preventing serious illness and death, isn't preventing the spread. As children are not likely to be seriously ill or die from COVID, why are they now being vaccinated? Why is anyone outside of a high-risk group being vaccinated? I don't understand the logic. I understand the wearing of the mask, but I think it should be up to the child, says another message. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 1850-715-996. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. 
The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan on Cork's 96FM. Okay, we're just hours away now. Less than 12 hours, in fact, 12 hours from now, we'll be in the thick of it. The toy show will be underway. The whole of the country will sit down at half past nine and put COVID out of its mind for two hours to watch Ryan Trubbery lose his mind with the kids on the Late Late Show. And so looking forward to it. I can't wait, actually. I can't wait. I have pizza and there might even be beer involved. Um, we'll see. You never know. Uh, Gary from GMC Beats is on his way to the toy show with a young man called Coben Cullen. And we'll get to Coben in a sec. But Gary, what's what do you bring into the toy show? Good morning, sir. Good morning. Good morning. We're all very excited here. Right. What's yeah, the story? We're, we're, what's happening? We're, we're on the bus. So we've, we've a group uh, representing Music Generation Cork City. So we've there's six kids, uh, six young people from Cork going up. And they're going to be part of uh, they're going to be part of a performance this evening on uh, on the toy show. So I've Coben here in front of me, sitting down, and he's all excited. And uh, we're just picking up a few more kids from uh, Greenmount National School. And there's there's another uh, member of the music the music generation Cork City crew and the cabin crew. Jamie the King Ford is uh-huh. he's on the train up <laughs> as we speak. So. We've a, it, we've a good cork represent. Let's face it, Gary. What is this? This, yeah. is a, this is a cabin takeover. Well, it's a music generation takeover. Well, I wouldn't say it's a cabin takeover, but we've there's a, like it, we're representing music generation Cork City, who were a, a re- recipient of the the toy show um, appeal there a couple of months that's back. Right, so that's right. Yeah. We're we're sending up a few young people there just to just to represent what goes on all around the city with true music generation. Stay there, Gary. Coben. Hey Cob. You alright, fella? Say hello, Coben. Hello. Coben Cullen, how are you? What are you going to be doing tonight? I'm gonna to be on the toy show and I'm super pumped. <laughs> how exciting is it though to be on the toy show? I don't know yet because I was never on the toy show yet. <laughs> oh, there's a typical answer. Computer, how did you find out about it? When did they tell you? They told me, like, only a couple of weeks ago. Right, right. So what What? What are you performing? What's your, what are you, what are you doing? We're performing a song by Ed Sheeran. Okay, what song? Leave Your Life. Oh, good. All right. I like that song. I like that. You're all pumped and excited, but you're so pumped and excited just struggling for words, young man. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. It's much harder to be on the radio with me than to be on the toy show tonight. So what's planned for the day? Um, I don't know. We're just going... Rehearsal? We're doing a couple of rehearsals yeah. for a couple of hours and then... Yeah. Come here, we'll. Um, yeah. And we're going to have a few nuggets. A few, no, lovely. <laughs> Can't pay the old nuggets. Come here, it's four weeks. Four weeks today is Christmas Eve. What's, what's Santa bringing? PS5, hopefully. <laughs> PS. Yeah, we couldn't get them. Santa couldn't get them last year. Maybe he can get them this year. Gary, huge excitement yeah. among the young people, though, isn't it? It's, it's a fantastic moment for them. Yeah. I. Uh, Oh yeah, this is something that they'll, you know, they, they'll have these memories for years. Like such a unbelievably special occasion. Like I mean, it's the biggest TV show of the year. 
yeah. as far as I know anyway. But um, yeah, just the excitement of being around it and even getting to meet Ryan Tuberty and all the staff at RT. Like we've been up a couple of times now over the past few years and it's just, everyone's really nice. And it's yeah. just, just being around such a mad production is, um, you know, it's, 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 it's a real eye-opener for, for, for young people and, and their families. And you know, they've had such a tough time of it over the yeah. last year or two. It is great to see it happening for them this year. I, I, can exactly. we organise a shout-out from the bus, a big cheer? Could we organise that, Gary? A big toy show cheer a from the bus. A big cheer. So, yeah. One. Right, so PJ on 96 FM is looking for a big cheer. Are you all ready? Right, so I'll count down. Three, two, one. Yes! <laughs> Did you hear that? I heard that. The whole of Ireland heard that. Listen, safe journey. Thanks, Gary. Thanks, Coben. And safe journey to everybody up from Music Generation Cork. Be part of a choir on the toy show tonight. Can we also mention the Good Shepherd Cork? Uh, they're asking people to join in the fun. They want you to share photos of your late, late toy show pyjama parties and tag them on Instagram at Adele House Cork. Would you do that for them? So Adele House Cork on Instagram. And they're asking for a small donation if you can afford it. More information at goodshepherdcork.ie forward slash make a donation. But if you want to subscribe to a good cause tonight while watching the toy show, take a picture of everyone sitting around in their Christmas jammies and tag Adele House Cork on Instagram, 1850-715-996. I'm watching BBC News at the moment to see where Dr. David Nabarro is giving an interview on BBC News at the moment, wondering what he is saying about this new variant, that we are doing our level best this morning just to be factual and not panic people and not scare people. We're doing our best to be factual. Let us do what we can with that next. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. Oh, my gosh. Okay. What's wrong, Joanne? What's wrong? She's a bit shaky. Shaking. And I said, I, I tried to roll the cigarette, and I'm shaking so much. And how many times has pop singer Madonna been married? Uh... Sean Penn and the other lads too. She was married to Sean Penn and Guy Ritchie. Yeah. Which means she was married twice and you've just won 2,000... Oh my God, you can roll a fag with a 50 or a note. That is absolutely <laughs> incredible. <laughs> Another winner, there you go. go, go. The two grand minute. Listen to play at 7.40 and 8.40 every day. With Phones, your Irish SIM-free specialist for 12 years. Any SIM, any network, any country. Phones.ie. Casey and Ross in the morning. On Cork's 96FM. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now, 1850 715 996. On Courts 96 FM. Now, as I told you earlier on, it's only three days since this was identified in Botswana by some brilliant African scientists. The reaction to it uh, would appear to be extreme, but then again, they are, I suppose, closing the stable door before the horse 
actually bolts. Let me speak to someone who's been on the opinion line a couple of times. That is Dr. Elizabeth Brint, who is an immunologist at UCC. Beth, good morning to you. Good morning, Peter. We're doing our best to stay calm and rational here. Um, and that's why I want to talk to someone like yourself. What do we, I know it's only three days since the Africans uh, discovered this, but what do we know? So, yeah, absolutely, we need to stay calm and rational. I think that's incredibly important. It's great to see countries moving together quite quickly at this stage, you know, I mean, and that's that's stuff that we've learned from the last 18 months and how to react in a more timely manner than we may have done 18 months ago, you know. So this is still just a variant of interest. It's likely to move to a variant of concern in the near future, but at the moment it's still just a variant of interest. Uh, what they have identified is a really high number of mutations in the spike protein. So they've identified up to 30 mutations in the spike protein. Now, that's of extreme interest to us all because it's the spike protein that the vaccines are made against. So it's the spike protein that all our antibodies are directed against. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the concern is there's, there's, so there's two, two aspects to this variant. One is that it seems to be spreading quicker than the Delta variant. And we know that the Delta variant is very transmissible. So in um, that area of South Africa and uh, that they identified this, they saw a really sudden peak in transmissibility. And so that we do think that we it may be more transmissible than the Delta. But again, this is really early days. So mm. we need to wait for the science to catch up and tell us more facts on this as well. And then, of course, not only is it more transmissible, but it's got these mutations in the spike protein. So we need to find out how um, how our vaccines are going to respond to it. And hopefully they'll respond well mm. um, in terms of clinical symptoms. Somebody used a horrible term on social media last night and straight away I said, please don't say that. They're calling it vaccine proof. Not true. Not necessarily true at all. No, I mean, we don't know. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, they, you know, as you said yourself when you started this, it's only three days since this was identified, two days since we all started to react to it and learn more about it. We don't know, is it vaccine proof? So these are all mutations that we've seen separately. So we've seen bits of these mutations, like the alpha mutation is in there and the and the delta mutation is in this new variant. So we know that our vaccines are protecting to a, a good degree when the in the early stages post-vaccine particularly um, uh, uh, against these variants. So we just need to see how well this va- our vaccines respond to this variant. And of course, let's not forget that mm. with these mRNA vaccines, we have the ability to tweak our vaccines yes. and then to make potentially a new vaccine to uh, yeah. to be more directed against this variant. So I w- uh, we would, you know, we've all, so, so many of us have now been vaccinated that we've seen this spike protein, we've raised immune response to it, we're likely to have a good level of protection against it. It may not help with the transmissibility issue particularly, but in terms of protection of clinical symptoms, because we've so many of us are vaccinated and we have seen it before. It's likely to have good protection against clinical symptoms. So, you you know, being And and I I, I would expect, Beth, that in, in labs in Africa and indeed, I suppose, all over the world now, they are looking at that already. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so that's what we're, that's uh, when any of these variants raise their very ugly heads, really, you know, that's for the, for, we have to wait for the science to catch up. Yeah. So 
we'll be working to see whether how the immune response responds to the vaccines, uh, how, how the immune response responds to this variant okay. and then how, how protective they are. So, yes, absolutely working really really hard on that. That line, that, that line will, will hopefully hold for a moment or two more. Talk to me briefly about T-cell reaction because we know about spike proteins. They're the bits, as they said, that stick onto you like the, like the dew in the grass in the summer on the sticky back weed. Th- that's where the vaccine... Talk to me about T-cell immunity and how important that is. I'd love to talk about T cell immunity. Absolutely, so this is really, uh, this is really probably um, is this on the this is on the back of this relatively recent small report showing that there might be a good level of T cell response to both the AstraZeneca and the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. Um, so you've got. We we have we have two levels of our immune system with the with the more advanced level, what we call the adaptive immune response, and that's got two arms. One of which people are going to be so familiar with, which is that one of those arms is the B cells that make antibodies. But what hasn't had massive coverage in the last in the last eighteen months of this pandemic is the role of T cells. So the T cells are the other arm of your adaptive immune response and they're critically important in generating immune responses. In fact, eighty percent of your white blood cells are T cells. And that'll just tell you how important they are. Okay. So with all vaccines, we're not just looking for an antibody response, but also looking to see will it also generate a T-cell response. And there's this interesting study showing that um, the adenoviral vaccines, which are the AstraZeneca and the Johnson & Johnson, may be driving a stronger T-cell response than the mRNA vaccines. Uh So that needs following up on as well. So they're wondering, is that why we're seeing maybe slightly more containment of this spike in the UK, although that's probably due to the fact that they started their boosters earlier as well. Mm. Um, So there may be a different kind of long-lasting immune response to the um, adenoviral backbone vaccines because they've got a different makeup and you're going to turn on different bits of your immune response. Yeah. Yeah, they, they do different things in, in, in the body. Yeah. They all have effectiveness in, in their own way. I suppose a question that I put to many of our contributors before I let you go, Dr. Brent, is this. And some people are bemused and befuddled by the number of changes. And they're saying, well, it was that last week. It's this next week. Now they're panicking because of something in Africa. Who do I believe? What do I do? It's very confusing for people to try to take all of this in because it changes all the time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we can't forget that we're dealing with a whole brand new pathogen. I mean, this is a pathogen that we didn't know 18 months ago. My goodness, we know much more about it now than we did then, but it's still new and we're still learning. And there's all, we, we, we were anticipating variants that was always on the cards um, because, and, and now you've got this incredibly high level of spread, particularly in countries that the vaccines aren't reaching as well. I mean, we can see how much how much uh, spread we've got with an incredibly high level of vaccine coverage. So where you have high levels of spread, you're going to develop variants. So that that is that is happening, but also you know so the 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 messaging of the governments will change. 
in a reactive manner to the latest developments. And also, you know, I mean, we've got the new statements on mask wearing in schools. That's, in my opinion, as a mother of two primary school age children, uh, that is very much to be welcomed. You know, they're, they, they're, we're seeing the highest level of, of infection in that age of children. So mask wearing will protect them. And of course, now the good news that the vaccines have been improved for the five to 11 year olds, which is, again, going to limit our spread. So it's a constantly evolving, changing situation. So, yes, the messaging will change as the situation changes. I don't think we ever thought or maybe we did. Maybe people did. Did we ever think we'd get to a second Christmas, though? Elizabeth and be in this sort of a situation. Oh, and look, I mean, as I said, the situation changes yeah. uh, constantly. And so we, we, I guess, look, I mean, it is for, for, as well, we're all tired of it. Yes. Um, and it is, it is disappointing, but de- depressingly, it's exactly where we are. And so we need to remember all the things we know how to do. We know how to keep our distance from people. We know how to limit our social interactions. We know that, you know, sitting outside is better. So put your gloves on, put your coat on, bring your blanket to the pub and sit outside with your small group of friends that you're meeting this week. And and, and Um, is it still as basic as wash your hands? Uh, yeah, I mean, we know now. We, yeah, I mean, hand washing is always incredibly important for limiting spread of everything. Um, but we do know, of course, that ventilation is critical yeah. and that this is an airborne vaccine. So ventilation is so critical, which, of course, as well, is the issue in schools and yeah. Yeah, having them having to keep the windows open all the time. And all these kids sitting very close to each other in what are, because our buildings are older, sometimes poorly ventilated school buildings. Yeah. Okay. Let us not panic. Let us just be mindful of change. Thank you so much, Dr. Elizabeth Brint, an immunologist based at UCC. And the reaction is exactly the kind of reaction that we have learned. The quick reaction of banning flights, the quick reaction of getting sports stars out of places and home, getting tourists out of places and home. The quick reaction is what we need to do. Didn't Mike Ryan, I have it somewhere in the system, I don't have time to go looking for it. Didn't Mike Ryan from the WHO say at the very, very start of this, speed, speed, you can't move fast enough. He also said, perfection is the enemy of good, which I thought was a very good one. Perfection being the enemy of good. No response will ever be perfect. So you do a good response and a fast response, which is what we appear to be doing. See where the WHO are meeting, I think, uh, in about a half an hour. They're having a, a global meeting. If we hear anything from that before the end of the program, you'll be the second to know. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. Access all areas on Cork's 96FM. Your guide to nightlife on Leaside. Hi, it's Michael here with an update on Cork's Entertainment. In the lead up to Christmas, John Spillane is back for John Spillane and Friends' annual Christmas concert at the Everyman. The Everyman Sunday Songbook will get you singing and a Rat Pack Christmas coming up to with more details on these shows at everymantheatre.com Access all areas Riverdance returns to Cork Live at the Marquee taking place from the 2nd to 5th of June next summer. It's a new 25th anniversary show with tickets on sale now from usual outlets. Access all areas. Feel free to let us know at Access All Areas if you have a show, play, exhibition or gig coming up or any live streaming events by emailing us at aaa at 96fm.ie Access all areas. Your guide to nightlife on Lisa on Cork's 96FM. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083-396-9696. On Cork's 96FM. Cork's 96FM's 10K Toy Giveaway. With Douglas Village Shopping Centre for toys, food, fashion and lifestyle. 50 years at the heart of the village. It's been so much fun doing this over the last couple of weeks. Today is the last day of Cork's 96 of M's 10K toy giveaway. Still have the chance to win right across the day. And two more sprees to be given out this evening. On the big drive home with Lorraine. So stay listening for your chance to text or WhatsApp. We gave you that chance. And Trisha was quick off the mark. Hey, Trisha, how are you doing? Hiya. Good, good. Good. How easily could you get rid of 500 quid in toys? Oh, very easily, very easily. (laughs) (laughs) Will you be watching the toy show tonight? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Every year. They'll have it spent by 10 to 10? 
Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, you know, because the final day and all of that, and because it's Black Friday and because it's all that thing, we said we'd make the questions really, really easy today. Okay. All right. It's a movie question. It's an A or B answer. Are you ready okay. to go? Yeah. All right. In the movie, name the little boy who was left home alone. Name the little boy who was left home alone in the movie. Tricia, was it A, Kevin, or B, Seamus? Kevin. It was Kevin. Yay! Hey. So, what's happened now is you are through to the draw this evening. We have a good track record. We have three winners coming from the opinion line over the last couple of weeks. So, <laughs> you'd never know. You might make it four. All right, Tricia. Enjoy the rest <laughs> of your day. Brilliant. Be on hooks now. And if you're through to the draw, uh, you'll hear about that this evening with the rain on the big, t- big drive home. That's that's uh, Tricia. Hope you're back there, Fiona, so you can get more details. That's our last one on the 10K toy giveaway with Douglas Village Shopping Centre, 50 years at the heart of the village. But, of course, Simon's got one this afternoon. Lorraine's got her own one. And the draw after six. It has been such wonderful fun working with Douglas Village Shopping Centre on this over the last couple of weeks. We really have made some people's Christmases. Maybe we'll make Trisha's. Just read this one before we move on and talk about Black Friday. My daughter booked a seat online with Irish Rail. She booked two seats so nobody would be sitting next to her. She did this because she's afraid of COVID. When she went to the ticket inspector, he said the train is full. She said, there's a pandemic on. I want to sit on my own. He said, get over it. She pointed out that pandemic or not, she'd paid for the second seat. Got her nowhere. How can this happen? And what kind of attitude is that? We have sent an email to Irish Rail inquiring about this story. She'd bought two seats because she wanted nobody sitting next to her. She had paid for the two seats because she wanted nobody sitting next to her. She should be entitled to an empty seat next to her if that's what she wants. Put her bag on it. We're inquiring with Irish Rail, and if we get anything back, we let you know. 1850-715-996. There are 16 women running a craft shop on North Main Street. Alexandra, good morning. Hi, how are you? Good. How did this come about? So, actually, I saw toys on the machine, and then during the pandemic, I just got the idea that I will open my own shop. Which I did. I found um, I found a perfect spot actually on the North Main Street, and together with my partner and friends, we renovated this shop. So after I was thinking, like, okay, if I I have a space, I will maybe I will add some posts on Facebook, which I did. And then first day, I got three hundred fifty emails from from the women which they are doing crafts, you know. Yeah. And then, then after a few hours, I just answer for the first 16 of them. And then uh, we start working together, which is crazy. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. So what is, what is the name of it? It's on 68 North, North Main Street, which is a really good position, really good position in the street. What's the shop called? So the shop calls Handcrafts.ie. 
and it's exactly between Mad and Tony's Bistro. Yeah, which is a great spot. So why a yeah. craft store? Why the interest in the craft store, Alexander? Well, the, actually, the passion came from my uh, from my family home. You know, every family member is doing something from my home. And then when I ask girls when the the passion came from them, they say that um, during pandemic or during the illness or after childbirth. So it's like each person is different story. You know. Yeah. What are people most interested in when they come into the shop? What do they find most interesting? So at this moment we have a Christmas time, you know, so they're actually buying everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the most of them is Christmas tree decorations or uh, or candles because it's like cold time, you know. Yeah. So that's the two the most popular items which we're selling at this moment. Yeah. And of course you've got Christmas stuff from all over, all different kinds of Oh Christmas yeah. Stuff. Oh, yeah, you can find everything in the store. Just name it and we will have it for sure. Very good. And of course, because they're handmade and craft work, they'll be unusual. There'll be there'll be stuff that people will have. Oh, for they, are, they are unique. Like sometimes you don't have a two the same items. It's just when you will get toys, exactly the one in whole world, you know. Brilliant. And do people like to hear when they come in then, do they like to hear the story behind the item? They do actually. They that way they are buying the items because of the story, because of the passion, because of the love. You know, yeah. every item is unique, so that way they are buying the handcraft stuff. And the sixteen women that are there with you, Alexandra, are, are they each selling their own stuff? So it's like a, it's like a little market. It is actually yes, and they are came from different countries. Like it's not sixteen countries, but it's like a six of a six yeah. countries. Where are they? Well, where and are you from are, yourself, Alexandra? And where are the others? So from? I'm from Poland. Okay. And I have a Slovakian girl, I have a Irish, Polish, Lithuanian, like Croatian girl. And then we all doing something different. Good. One girl is doing soaps, one of them wax, soya candles, like toys, Brilliant. earrings, like just name it. <laughs> Good. It all sounds like so. It sounds like you have a lot of fun together in there as well. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, so is, is Black Friday going to be busy do you think are people interested in black friday oh they are actually when like my girls they texted me let's do something together you know each person is one idea so it's just fun and then we are trying to do something together so we came up with uh, 20 percent of some items and the people were actually waiting for this day to start christmas shopping yeah so i think the christmas time just just started now that's brilliant that's brilliant and of course they're shopping local which we want yes. people to do. Yeah, I hope so, actually, because, you know, even they cannot come to this shop. I, I'm okay with that, with that. But if you guys can, like, shop local in the crafts, uh, Christmas crafts market or buy something from your neighbors or friends, that would be amazing, you know? Yeah. yeah. I hope so everybody will do this year that. Yeah, okay. Listen, great to talk to you. Good luck with everything. Thank you for having me. Good luck with everything, Alexandra. I won't even attempt your second name. Do you mind? Actually, what is your second name? You you tell me rather than me try and pronounce it. So my second name is Kostelek, which is really hard to pronounce to everybody. <laughs> That's why I asked you, Alexandra. Just try it. Kostelek. Oh, nearly there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, Alexandra and to everybody else there's 16 of them doing their own craft selling their own craft and their own toys and their own handmade stuff 
in 68 North Main Street, handcrafts.ie. As she said herself, in between the mad shop, you can't miss the mad shop, in between the mad shop and Tony's Bistro. And they're doing a 20% today on a number of items in the shop. That's just a lovely local story. Shop local for Black Friday. Great advice indeed. 1850-715-996. Now, right, we will go through some of these because if I don't, if I don't, we'll just miss them. All right, so we, we will do them. Morning, PJ. Listening with interest to your show and want to say, lest we forget, again, social distancing and hand washing are so important, especially in the winter months. As regards masks, I think primary school children will be hugging and playing closely together compared to secondary which is why COVID spreads in primary schools more. And I'm very glad that the really young children won't have to wear them. I'm so glad my family's gone beyond secondary school. My heart goes out to the children living through the last two years. It's my view anyway. Thanks, Josephine, and stay safe and healthy. Lisa says, PJ, my son is seven and has no problem wearing a mask if I ask him to do it. He fully understands the risks of COVID as we've always been honest with him and he ans- and answered any questions he had. He accepts the situation we now live in and he already knows he'll potentially have a vaccine as well. His biggest concern will be if he gets his own COVID vaccine badge. Well, I'm sure that can be arranged. I have an eight-week-old baby as well, so we follow all the precautions to keep ourselves as safe as possible. Thanks for keeping us informed. Thoroughly enjoy the show. Cheers. Uh, yeah, there's loads. It was with great relief I watched the update last night. My 11-year-old already wears masks out and about. He, he brought home to school at the start of the year but was uncomfortable being the only one. The news now means that that's gone. The peer issue will be removed. We have a younger child with a rare illness and particularly vulnerable I'm delighted he can get the vaccine soon. I followed his peers in the US and they get it in the past couple of weeks and everyone on the online forum has only had a positive experience. I read people talking about reduced oxygen with masks. Science has debunked that time and time again. Thank you for saying that, Lisa. People talk about myocarditis with the vaccine, but if my memory is right, the risk of that is 10 times higher from COVID itself than from the vaccine. More than 10, actually. There are more, and I will get to them. I have an answer from Irish Rail to that query I read out just a few minutes ago. Give it to you next. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now, 1850-715-996. On Cork's 96FM. Yeah, in the UK they've just announced that anyone who doesn't get out of, I think it's six African countries, including South Africa and of course Botswana, anyone who doesn't get out of them by Sunday will have to quarantine when they get back to the UK. And they are talking, at least they were talking this morning about hotel quarantine being back. I wonder will they bring hotel quarantine back here for anybody coming in from South Africa or or any of those African nations over the next while because there are many ways to get to Ireland from Africa without being direct flights. I'm not even too too sure if there are direct flights. There used to be a Dublin-Johannesburg flight but I don't know if it still exists. However, we're staying with that as it develops. We were on to Irish Rail. We sent them uh, the email that we were sent 
So I'll give it that again. My daughter booked a seat online. She booked two, so no one would sit next to her. She did that because she's afraid of COVID. Then she went to the ticket inspector because there was someone sat next to her. The inspector said the train is full. She said, there's a pandemic on. I want to sit on my own. He said, get over it. She pointed out that pandemic or not, she'd actually paid for the seat, but to no avail. How can this happen? And what kind of attitude is that? And we sent an email to Irish Rail this morning. And their response as follows. I would stress we are operating to public health measures at all times, which currently provide for the use of all capacity on board and the wearing of face coverings. While seat reservations are honoured and we strongly encourage customers to book in advance, we do have walk-up ticket purchases, which can include free travel and open return. In a situation where we have a holder of such a ticket, and there are available seats due to a person having booked the seat not showing up, which is the equivalent of what happened here, we would ask our employees to ensure the person who would otherwise be standing be seated in a reserve seat, which is not being used. We'd expect our employees to be courteous at all times. We would ask that the customer contact our customer care team and we will investigate the circumstances of the journey for them. The only thing I would say to the last part of that is we've done that. We've contacted you, so maybe you could take it upstairs rather than have the customer have to do it again. There you go. Right, couple more. Um, my, It was a great... Here we are. I'm seriously concerned over our young children wearing masks all day in school. My sons are in fifth and sixth year. They're struggling with them, particularly one boy whose face is ruined with cold sores. The mask is irritating and uncomfortable for him, but he must wear it. Also, I'm surrounded by four primary schools, and only two of them have had a couple of kids out with COVID, not that many. The cases we've had come directly from parents attending large weddings. Young children will not cope with these masks all day. The only thing I would say about that statement, young children will not cope with these masks all day, is that I'm inclined to take the word of paediatricians and child psychologists on this, and and they are quite confident that, in fact, the children are a lot more resilient than we think. My four-year-old and nine-year-old wear masks at mass every Sunday and going into shops or anywhere it's crowded. They've done that since COVID started. Even had to give the nine-year-old a note so he could wear it in school when the numbers were going up recently. He wanted to wear it. So you know what? The kids are all right. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 1850-715-996. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Yeah, the Met Bar and Restaurant at the Metropole Hotel. That is where we're sending our Aladdin competition winners today. On the 9th of December they'll be heading off there for dinner before heading to Aladdin at the Everyman. And 0833969696 is the way to enter text or WhatsApp. The answer to this question. What type of pet does Aladdin have? What type of pet does Aladdin have? Text that answer and your name to 083-396-9696 should be our latest winner with the Everyman and today the Metropole Hotel.
Okay, we have so much to do and only 50-something minutes in which to do it. And loads of responses coming in. Listener says, travel bans announced this morning by Germany, Italy, Austria, the Netherlands. Ireland is waiting for the EU. We tend to do that. We tend to do that. UK has announced a travel ban as well from Sunday. Or is it? Yeah. Anyone coming in or Anyone coming in from Sunday will have to quarantine. But Austria has shut down flights from the African nations, Germany, Netherlands. We're still waiting on the go-ahead from the EU. But it looks likely that will happen anyway. On the price of masks, I got 100 KN95 masks for 17.95 from Spain. Five days to get them. Uh, delivery was 15 euro on top of that, but still worth it because they work out at around 35 cents each for those masks. Uh, the same listener said that antigen tests are 10 for 26 euro on the same site. Uh, and that is with no subsidy. We really are being ripped off here. And earlier this morning, I was saying, or Kevin, I was quoting Kevin that he tweeted about the cost of something. I misquoted him, and I must correct myself. He wasn't saying masks were that cheap in Germany. He was saying, in fact, antigen tests in Germany, the CE marked one, the European standard marked ones, they're only 89 cents or something ridiculous like that in Aldi and Lidl in Germany. And we're paying, what, three or four quid for them here. 1850-715-996. It's Toy Show. For, for, first of all, it's four weeks to Christmas Eve. All right. Four weeks to Christmas Eve. And after today, there are only 20 opinion lines left to Christmas. <laughs> but tonight is the Toy Show. The whole of Ireland will stop worrying about COVID. The whole of Ireland will stop worrying about the bad weather outside. The whole of Ireland will stop worrying for two hours or two and a half hours or however long it goes on for the toy show. So, when you're sitting in front of the toy show, anything you might like to eat, any old thing you could rustle up during the day as special toy show snacks, and just how much booze can you put into the Christmas pudding? Jack O'Keefe, of course, from uh, television fame and formerly of Greens here. Uh, Jack, how are you doing, mate? What's the story, PJ? How good are you to, keeping? Good to have you back. We'll talk about the pudding uh, shortly because I read an article in the Mail during the week about the royal Christmas pudding and it's a wonder that the Queen records her her speech in November for Christmas Day because it says she's <laughs> half cut by the time she's finished the Christmas pudding. <laughs> Poor woman. <laughs> she hasn't got two words to rub together by three o'clock on a Christmas day. If that's how much booze she has to be, she probably has to be put up to put up with all her in-laws. <laughs> I'd say, so, I'd say so. But for tonight, for the toy show snacks, what can we do? Look, it's the best day of the year, isn't it? Best day of the year. Every single takeaway I'd say in this country is preparing. They're all like. It's like Scotty in the original Star Trek. He's like, I'm giving her all she got, Captain. But he's screaming at the deep red fire as he's pounding in the snack boxes into it. The busiest time of the year for a takeaway in the country. Would you believe that? It's tonight. I remember that actually. Couple tonight. Of, yeah. A couple tonight of years ago, trying to, get, trying to get some pizzas at half eight. I rang, I rang one of the shops. <laughs> I remember laughing at me. He's like, get him here tomorrow. <laughs> Tuesday week. <laughs> so what can we do? What can we do if we don't want to get takeaway or if we can't get takeaway? Look, pop down to your local your local grocery. Get some get some nice snacks and make some lovely finger food. 
I always, and when it comes to like, like myself and my fiance are going to sit here and watch the late late tonight. We're going to go down to the shop, pick up some popcorn, I'll make some like toffee popcorn, a few bits and pieces. And we'll just have snacks. It's it's like almost the same sort of recipes you do on a match day. If you're sitting down in front of the TV watching the rugby or watching the All-Ireland, you know, that kind of finger food stuff that's easy that could be heated up in the oven and banged out on the table. The kind of stuff that you'd find in your M&S and so on. But, however, if you do have kids or you do have a few grown-up kids like myself who will never, uh, who refuse to grow up and become adults. I still want to be a fireman, you know, when I grow up. But it's hot chocolate. And, like, I love hot chocolate. And you don't need to buy the instant stuff either. I mean the proper hot chocolate, stuff that uses actual chocolate and cream, actual Irish cream, right? Mm-hmm. And like, I'll just, I'll just spout out a quick little recipe here. Uh, people can take down notes at home if they're driving, pull in. Uh, I don't want to hear about any collisions and don't get roundabout caused by me. <laughs> but look, what I'd always start with, let's say for like, one or two people, about two tablespoons of cocoa powder. That could be your Bourneville or it could be your green and blacks or you can splash the cash and go into town and get into the English market and get some really good organic cocoa powder with two heaped tablespoons of that. And then about a tablespoon and a half of sticky brown sugar, another two or so tablespoons of double cream, about a cup of milk, um, a splash of vanilla extract if you if you have it there. doesn't yeah. doesn't really matter that much. And just a tiny little pinch of salt just to kind of take the sting out of the sugar and the bitterness of the uh, cocoa powder. Mix it all together in a saucepan. Whisk it together till there's no lumps. Put it on a gentle heat. And while it's heating up, just keep whisking, keep whisking. And at the very end, I finish it off with my favorite type of chocolate. Whichever your favorite is at home, use that. And that's it. It's as simple as that. And I often, what I'd often do is, like, I'll get really bougie and I'll actually melt and drop Freyro Roches into the chocolate oh. and kind of smush them and mash them with the, with the whisk so you get the lumps of prawn. The ambassador's residence. Biscuit. <laughs> it's what? The ambassador's residence. <laughs> Ferrero Rocher. <laughs> Remember the ad? <laughs> Ferrero Rocher. Or after eight, you know what? Oh, now you're talking. Now you're talking, <laughs> now you're talking my uh, language after eight. Look, Kids would love it, especially if you use like dairy milk. You know, you can be a fancy chef all you want, but you can't bait a dairy milk, especially the old school one, the really small one that they've made smaller because of the sugar tax. But anyway, I can't give out to them about that. But yeah, that's my hot chocolate. Like, get some sticky American marshmallows, pop them on top, and your kids or your husband will absolutely love you. Toffee and chocolate popcorn. I I I thought that was sent from hell until I tasted it. My God. Yes, I like. I remember years ago when, when popcorn started to be made fancy. I remember going into, in greens, actually, we did it. <laughs> I, the abuse I gave Brian McCarthy that time, truffle popcorn as a canopy. And I just was like, what is this, Brian? A Dr. Seuss novel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, popcorn. popcorn oh, good old-fashioned plain popcorn has never gone out of fashion and, and probably never will. Let's talk about this Christmas pudding, though, that the Queen has. Look, the, the key, like with the Christmas pudding, how to, a lot of people just will dump the alcohol, whatever it is. It's generally a bottle of paddy or a bottle of powers into the batter mix before they put it into their um, Christmas pudding mold and then just bake it off that way. But as a kind of as a food and as a chef, and my advice <laughs> is before you even get to that stage, you know, when you're making Christmas pudding, you uh, you soak the dried fruit in hot water. So you're supposed to. Mm. Some people soak it in in hot water overnight so you boil the kettle all the rays and sultanas and all that stuff goes into a bowl you pour boiling water over and you leave it sit for the night scoop it out and then you add it to the rest of your ingredients 
what you just do is to make the perfect bougie Christmas pudding, you replace that boiling hot water with hot alcohol of whatever you prefer. Now, be careful, obviously, heating up hot alcohol, especially if it's a spirit like a whiskey or a vodka or something like that with a high alcohol rate in it. Once that simmers, if, it's, if there's a gas flame anywhere near it, one up in flames. It, like, <laughs> and you cannot blame me for house burning. <laughs> so, like, what I'd advise people is to... Um, is Proceed with care. Ah, he's gone. Oh, he's dropped off his line. But Jack O'Keefe uh, from the television and formerly of Greens. Those are his ideas for tonight. Lots of chocolate involved. Lots and lots of chocolate and popcorn. And maybe the adults watching the toy show might try something a little bit boozy. Guinness have a hot chocolate. Did you know that? I, I found it in one of my favourite shops recently. Guinness. Yeah, maybe Jack does know. Guinness have a, have a, a, a hot chocolate. Did you know that, Jack? Now he's gone. Yeah, um, they, they have. And I discovered something about it. First of all, there's no Guinness in it. <laughs> there's no Guinness in it at all. There's no alcohol in it at all. But it is pure, grated, flaked chocolate. So now I've had to hide it. Or I will eat spoons of it out of the tin. Sick individual, I know. 1850-715-996. They want to hear the question again for our Aladdin giveaway. Remember, the answer to this and your name to 083-396-9696 for tickets, family pass for the Panto on the 9th of December, two family passes and two dinners at the Metropole Hotel. What type of pet does Aladdin have? What type of pet pet? Does Aladdin have your name and that answer to 083 396 96 96. That World Health Organization meeting uh, is underway to discuss this new, uh, as they're calling it, Botswana variant, or as it would have its proper name now, the Mu variant. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie Santa baby. For non-stop Christmas hits. Non-stop Christmas hits. My Christmas present for you. Listen to Cork's 96 Miss. Streaming online now. With Bridgestone and Desi Tires. For real value, service and convenience. Open seven days at four locations. With late opening too. Desi'sTires.ie Download our app or see 96FM.ie Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083-396-9696. On Cork's 96FM. Of course, Toy Show night and a year ago tonight, or a year ago to almost the same night, a young man called Adam King appeared on the Toy Show. And life changed for Adam and for Dad, David, and of course for his mom and all the family. David, good morning. Had you any idea how much this was going to take off? Good morning, PJ. How are you? Um, yeah, it's a question that we're asked quite often, and I, I was the same answer I would give is absolutely not. I mean that the 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 only hopes and concerns I had would be very similar to any that any parent would have is that their child enjoys the experience, their child is safe. 
and that uh, everything goes smoothly. We were having no uh, sort of conception of or thinking about the future and what would lay ahead, just that the night would be a magical night. And remind listeners again what happened. He had a little virtual hug, a little little heart that he'd drawn himself, his virtual hug, a hug for you. It's become a brand, David. It's become a very big thing. Yeah, it has. And, and it's, a lot, it's, it's, enabled, um, it's enabled our family and Adam in particular to do a lot of good um, uh, for charities and for people um, that, that, uh, that have taken it really to be their symbol. And I think, look, it's become big because uh, people have taken it and, and made it their own. And I think it was the thing that people felt that they needed without realising that they needed it at a very difficult time. And um, there's a phrase, there's, there's one thing always sticks in my mind, PJ, one person who said to us um, one time that uh, she said to Adam that your, you and your virtual hug were a light in dark times. And that, that phrase has always stuck with me. And to be honest, it was probably one of the things that stuck with me when I was writing uh, my book, A Hug For You, that idea of the hug bringing light and hope to the darkness that we were all feeling at that time. And that book came out last week and it is the first children's picture book to be nominated for the overall Unpost Book of the Year award. And I think that voting is still open. It is, PJ. Yeah, it's open until next Tuesday. I mean, and I, I, could I just say, actually, I really want to say thanks so much to all your, listen, your listeners for their support in voting for the book uh, to win Junior Children's Book of the Year. Like that in itself is just, it's an honour that will genuinely stay with me and Adam and our family for the rest of our lives. And But to, like, as you said, to be shortlisted for the Irish Book of the Year is actually, it's just a different level of unbelievable for us. And I, I think, you know, a, a children's book has never won Irish Book of the Year. So if it was to win, it would be history in the making. And uh, it's just... It's incredible. And like you said, yeah, voting is open until uh, next Tuesday. And people just look up Irish Book of the Year and it'll take them to a link and take them to where they can vote. How is himself is the most important question of the day. Adam's in great form, PJ, thanks. He's in really, really good form. He's gone off to school today and uh, the whole house is buzzing. Like, I mean, we've, we've the toy show tonight and um, the hot chocolates and the PJs will be at the ready. Mm. And uh, yeah, I, th- I think Adam is really looking forward this year to sitting back and enjoying the show. Mm. Um, but also, also with a, a lot of wonderful, wonderful memories on what was a very, very magical night in his life and our family's life. I, I think it was a night that everyone just looked at this little boy and those big eyes and that smile. I mean, you live with that, but it it lit up every front room in Ireland last year. Uh, look, it, it, it lit up our... Adam's smile and his eyes lit up our lives uh, from the moment um, he was born, you know, um, and... Uh, yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's not lost on me or Fiona just how much of an incredible young man he is and uh, just how great he is. And we're just so grateful that the whole nation has got to see the type of child he is because like the way he was in the toy show and the way everybody's seen him since is the way he always is, you know. Um, there's no front, there's, it's not a show. He's just he's just a fantastic young man. Has his friend Commander Hadfield been in touch anymore? Um, actually, interestingly enough, Chris, I think Chris sent us a tweet there recently um, after Adam's most recent appearance on The Late Late Show. Uh, Adam, Adam made a comment on The Late Late Show about his upcoming cartoon and he said that, uh, and again, I was completely floored by this as much as everyone else. Adam said that uh, something, I probably won't say, say this as eloquently as him now, Peter, but he said, you know, that why he loves the cartoon is because when... Um, 
when people uh, see when people in wheelchairs around the world watch the cartoon and see that the hero is a wheelchair user, then that will make them realise that they can be heroes as well in their lives. And um, uh, Chris Hadfield uh, sent a reply to that and praised Adam for his words. Yeah. That's like that, that's not lostness. Like that, this amazing man uh, recognises the the the. the the wonder that is Adam you know yeah well you know what David he and you and the rest of the family have given us such joy and given us do you know what they gave us that the virtual hug was one thing but this time last year we were all desperately worried and this time this year we're, we're all desperately worried again but at times when we were in a dark corner your little boy gave us light and hope and joy and we all owe him a great debt for that. Uh, I really appreciate you saying that, PJ. Thanks so much. And and I think, I, again, I really want to thank people for the way they've embraced the virtual hug because like the public really have been, apart from Adam, of course, like I wrote the book as an inspiration to Adam, but yeah. uh, as a gift to Adam, but also I think the, the virtual hug, uh, I wrote the book as a gift to people as well because the stories in the book are the stories of our lives over the last year and the experiences we've had and how we used uh, this tiny gesture that came from the heart of one little joyful boy to connect. And so I really want to thank the Irish people for embracing the book and embracing the story because it's their story as well. So, okay. And you can still vote for that book to win. It would be the first children's book ever to be nominated for the overall on post book of the year award first children's book ever to win that award voting closes monday all votes appreciated i'm sure david give an l high five for me when he comes home and we will talk again no doubt david king dad to the wonderful adam king and we wish all the family well as they come up to watch the toy show this year just watching it as spectators with the chocolate and the popcorn and the pizza and the pjs and the whole lot Ah, that's lovely. Lovely family. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 1850-715-996. On Quartz 96 FM. I want to mention this is happening tomorrow uh, in Douglas. A lad called Cal Houlihan is fundraising for Pieta House. And this is a very unusual fundraiser. And if he gets through this, he's some man for one man. He has a four metre rope, which he's going to climb enough times to be the equivalent of the height of Caron Tool, which means he'll have to go up and down that rope hundreds of times. It'll going to take him five to eight hours, and he's using it to raise money for Pieta House. Uh, he's doing it in Douglas, in the Maryborough Estate, to the best of my knowledge, and it's on tomorrow. He has already raised 2500 on GoFundMe, which will go to Pieta House, and this is before he's even attempts to do it. He's been practicing off a tree with his rope, but the very nice people at Purcell Scaffolding have given him a scaffolding for the day itself. So you can go to GoFundMe, and if you look for Caron Tuhill Rope Climb, you'll find him there, a picture of him. He's going to climb a rope, a four-metre rope, on a scaffold, up and down and up and down and up and down until he has climbed the equivalent of Caron Tool. And what's more, he will be doing it without using his legs. 
just using the sheer strength of his hands, wrists and arms to pull himself up that rope. So good luck to him. Good luck to him. Cal Hulahan, tomorrow doing that in Douglas uh, for Pieta House. 1850-715-996. New television series called Battle of the Christmas Lights. It goes out this weekend. First episode is tomorrow. Second episode is the 4th of December, 7 o'clock on Virgin Media 1. Two families in Cork going head-to-head in a battle for the best Christmas lights. Now, I haven't done my Christmas lights tour or tours so far this year. It's always fun to do it. But Anya Murphy joins me, as does Jess O'Mahony. How are you both doing? Good morning. Good morning, Good morning, how are you? Hiya. Anya and Jess, start with you first, Anya. How did you get involved with this and how much fun has it been? Oh, PJ, I don't know how I got involved with this. So literally, it's my sister's house and her two kids. So she was like, just text me one day, Anya, would you be interested in it? And I was like, you know what? I didn't even give it a second thought. And I was like, yeah, do what? Go on, sure. But I didn't think it was going to be this big at all. But you know what? We had so much fun. It was actually great crack doing it. Where's the house? Um, sorry? Where's the house? So Drumahan, out by Mallow. Oh, gotcha. Oh, gotcha. And Jess, is it your house or somebody else's house? No, it's my own house. Where my own you? house, yeah. Where, where are um, you? I'm actually in Orange's next door neighbour. So Anya's sister is my next door neighbour. So the houses are literally stuck to each other. We're, we're semi-detached. <laughs> That's the best mm, bit. Yeah. That's the best bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you can be seen from space, I'd say, at this stage, can you? Oh, absolutely, yeah, that was the idea. <laughs> so so you had, it's empty. It's an MTV production, which means it's a biggie, and then it's gone out on Virgin Media. So how long have you been working on it? Um. Oh, my God. Oina, do you know how long has it been? It feels like about six months, but I think it's only been kind of in the last month. Yeah, yeah. about four weeks. Yeah. Would, yeah. Um, it's so funny because her neighbours are literally hilarious. They're literally like, they, it was even before Halloween when we were putting up the Christmas tree and they were like, is she gone mad? Because they didn't even know about the the show the at show, this stage. Yeah. They literally just saw Christmas tree up and they think she's half mad as it is. So literally it was so funny. Like <laughs> We were worth, our tree went up on Halloween. So there's people, you know, passing by and kids coming in to trick or treat. And we were kind of in the middle of filming and we were kind of like, we'll be back out later with sweets. We're really sorry. <laughs> but um, yeah, so they all thought we were cracked as well. But yeah. um, it's all for good fun. Yeah. And they actually really enjoyed it. The whole community got really involved and we're very, very lucky in Drumahan. We have such a lovely group of people. And, you know, it's the kind of place where you feel safe and everybody waves to each other and stuff. So yeah. they all got involved. It was brilliant. Yes. I, haven't been in, I haven't been in Drumahan for a while. The last time I was in Drumahan, I was in a hot air balloon. <laughs> <laughs> That's a while. That's a while back. <laughs> yeah, well, you can take a trip out now and have a look at the houses for yourself. And um, I'm in the Irish Community Air Ambulance here. Um, ah, that's brilliant. where I work. So we're we're actually going to put a donation bucket out the front as well. So if you feel like coming along and putting your hands in your pocket, we'd be delighted to have you come look. Fantastic. So you had to do. Did you just have to do tasks for the show, or were you competing with each other for the? And like, I mean, how? Here's the thing: when you're tied onto one another, you can't mm-hmm. keep anything secret, can you? No, no, definitely not. So there was a bit of looking over the fence, um, kind of the virtual fence. Yeah, definitely. But I think we kind of went in different directions anyway. So it worked out well. It worked out well. Yeah, it was great fun. Okay. And it's on tomorrow on Virgin Media, tomorrow night and and 
and the following Saturday. Exactly. Yeah. They've okay. stretched it out over the week just to torture us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's 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 like a combination of the, the generation game and come dine with me, all done with Christmas. Yeah, and in deck mind. the hollows. People deck. have been been saying to me, Deck the Hollows, which is a competition movie as well. I haven't even seen it, but it's it's two um neighbours who are competing as well for the outside I of the house. I think I've seen it. I think I've seen it. Yeah, I think yeah. I think that's probably a good comparison as well. Yeah, there, that doesn't come down with me. There's a great together. Christmas movie where it's it's all about a big Santa on the roof of a house and it's hilarious to get the big Santa up. Anya Murphy and Jess O'Mahony, and we're not allowed to know how the outcome went. So we'll find that out Saturday week. But it's on Virgin Media tomorrow evening, half past seven, Battle of the Christmas Lights, filmed in Drumahan. And there's the big surprise. They're next to each other. Thanks, Anya. Thanks, Jess. 1850-715-996. Mike... <clears throat> Mike Ryan from the World Health Organization has given an interview uh, about this new COVID variant and there's a clip of it gone up on Twitter I, it's very sensitive, sensible and full of perspective and I'll try to get a clip of that before we're finished today by the way Cork's 96 miss is back you'll have heard the promo earlier in the morning and from next weekend I'll be back on it on Saturday, Sunday afternoons on Cork's 96 Miss online and on the app playing your best Christmas tunes. They're online now streaming all your best Christmas songs on the app. 1850-715-996 and speaking of all things Christmas it's four weeks today. Glow is back and Trish Murphy is events manager with Cork City Council and despite the worry that's out there Trish, we're all positive and we're going ahead with Glow starts this evening. Morning to you. Morning PJ, thanks very much. Uh, yes, Glow is starting this evening um, and uh, with the return of the park and the Ferris wheel to Grand Parade. So we're very much looking forward to it. And uh, keeping in mind that obviously um, with the being very mindful of public health guidelines and considerations of numbers, etc. Everything this year is pre-booked and the numbers are reduced to manage that. But we're still looking forward to having people back at Bishop Lucy Park for, for this year's festival. Yeah. You're open the four weekends starting tonight. Now, you need, is the wheel open every day? The wheel is open every day. So the first wheel is open from today and it will uh, remain open up until the 9th of January, uh, with the exception of Christmas Day. And it runs uh, from 12 until nine, twelve noon until 9 uh, p.m. And the park, uh, which is based on the very popular song, The 12 Days of Christmas, mm. this year, that's the theme of it. It is opening tonight The tw- uh, tonight um, uh, from uh, f- and will run Friday, Saturday and Sunday for the next four weekends up until the 19th of December. OK, now things have changed to correspond with COVID. You must book the park and book the wheel. Absolutely, yes. So it is uh, very much a case we're encouraging people to book online and you can do so through the website www.glowcork.ie. And, you know, this also helps you to just plan your evening. It means, you know, you don't have to really, there'll be no queuing. It'll be done in in a controlled and safe environment. We have a lot of precautions in place uh, to manage it, sanitation, 
uh, on entry into the park, contact tracing, etc. So we're very, very mindful of uh, public health and we'll continue to monitor that all the way throughout the event. Now, I was in town last weekend. I'm hoping to maybe get in again this weekend for a visit. And with all mindfulness given to the public health situation, we are going ahead, city centre, not just Globe, but all this, the pedestrianised streets, the open air. We're making the best of it. We're making the best of it. And I think that's the big thing is there's such an effort in the city centre in terms of transforming our streets, um, providing all weather cover in many of the new pedestrian streets, um, outdoor dining, etc. And um, so what we're encouraging is a pre-book. And uh, I think that goes with both restaurants, our dining, etc., um, and also um, for our experiences in the park, etc. And we're also encouraging people to shop local and support local, mm-hmm. um, which I think everyone uh, really is uh, so good at doing now at this stage. Mm. And also look at what the other cultural offerings is. There's, there's a huge wealth of, of offerings throughout our cultural organisations between the return of pantos, etc. In and it's all done. If you check, we have a list of full Christmas events that are happening around the city, which will be going live on our website as well. Excellent, excellent. Uh, you've got a video. The first of all, the lights came on without a ceremony. Unfortunately, we weren't able to have a ceremony for the second year running a big public event. But the lights, I may tell you, Trish, look fabulous. Really fabulous. This is- the city looks great. It really does. And I think that's the thing about um, coming in and just planning your 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 uh, your night and, you know, call to the park, go to the Ferris wheel and then wander through and enjoy the lights in the city. But the city centre and the side streets and all of the various streets have made such a fabulous effort this year. It's really beautiful. And um, I think it's I think everyone uh, it's worth going in and enjoying it and and taking in the atmosphere. There's a lovely atmosphere in town at the moment. It's marvelous. It's marvelous. Well, good luck with it. And here's hoping everything goes according to plan. Bishop Lucy Park opened from four thirty to eight thirty. The Ferris wheel opened from today, with the exception of Christmas Day, right through to the ninth of January. Open from twelve noon to nine. They are asking you to pre-book the park and pre-book the wheel. Glowcork.ie is the website. Trish Murphy, events manager with Cork City Council. Thank you. Can we just talk? The opinion line on Cork's ninety-six FM with McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life, and health insurance. CMIG.ie. Get even more of Casey and Ross in the morning on the Highlight Show. Your chance to catch up and listen again. Saturday between 9 and 10 a.m. Everything is just right. On Cork's 96FM. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083-396-9696. On Cork's 96FM. Yeah, a couple of other bits and pieces before we are out the gap for what hopefully will be a peaceful and enjoyable weekend. And Mags, you make a very, very good point. You're kicking off the celebrations tonight, Saju, with the toy show, and then you're booked to head into Glow tomorrow. Everything doesn't have to revolve around COVID. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. You're right, on every count. Everything doesn't have to revolve around COVID. We just have to be aware that it is revolving around us. And be careful. 
just be careful. That's all you have to do. Hi, PJ. We are in Pines Valley in Balavalan. I just wanted to let you know about our community here. We've started to decorate the trees in our estate for Christmas. We started last year to help lift people's spirits, and it's now going to be our new tradition. We've also arranged for Santa to come to the estate in December for all the kids. That's lovely. Send us pictures, Karen. Actually, I want you to send me pictures over the next couple of weeks. Just send them in, email them or text them in or whatever you want to do with them. I'd like to see some of your pictures, your trees, your gardens, your roofs, the crazy stuff you're doing. The madder, the crazier, the dafter, the better, because it'll brighten up Uh, the month, and it'll brighten up the run into Christmas. COVID seems determined to slow us down, but we can still take the joy of little things like Christmas trees and lights and treats and toys. Something else I must mention before we pack today is young Daniel McCarthy. He's 13. Daniel wrote a book, or illustrated a book about Shadow. Shadow the dog. Uh, They had their first book out during the summer with all his and schoolmates at Gaelskull Vixhivna, himself and Kyle and Darren, uh, they brought out a book in the summertime. Now they have a Christmas book out called Shadow, the Christmas Story. They gave the first copy to the Taoiseach the other day when he visited their school and they're trying to get on to the toy show and the Taoiseach said he'd do what he could and they sent off a rap to Ryan Toberty. We don't know what's going to happen. Maybe he'd even mention the book for them on the toy show uh, tonight. But good luck to them with that. And uh, Daniel did most of the illustrations from his hospital bed because he spends a lot of time in hospital. He's got a nasty, a nasty old illness, but he just gets on with things. And one more mention of that for young Callum tomorrow. Cal Houlihan, like you say, if you see a fella climbing a rope above a bit of scaffold tomorrow in Douglas Uh, don't call the emergency services around that (laughs) he is climbing for Pieta House he's got a GoFundMe going for it and he has been given the scaffold by personal scaffolding and the idea is using just his hands and arms he is going to climb that rope the equivalent number of times that it would take to climb Caron Tool and that's happening tomorrow in Douglas in aid of Pieta House I said I'd give you this before we go Mike Ryan of the World Health Organization and they are meeting at the moment the World Health Organization are meeting as we speak to discuss the, the new variant of Covid and how worried people should be about it Mike Ryan Uh, The Irishman who's led this from day one, Mike Ryan, gave his take on it based on what we know uh, just late last evening. We have not fully assessed any threat or risk associated with this variation. That remains to be seen and the studies need to be done. So I just caution everyone to be, you know, this happens, viruses evolve and we pick up variations. It's not the end of the world. The sky is not falling in because there is this idea that we we're just waiting for the next variant. And, and I don't want people to spend their lives worrying about that every day. It's not. Scientists need to worry about that. <laughs> and we need to characterize those risks. And you need to trust that we will tell you if there's a significant change in risk. Uh, and then to rely, as I said, on the superb network of genomic surveillance in South Africa and the institutions that, that make up that network. Uh, calm words from a man who's been there, an Irishman. We should be so proud of an Irishman at the head of the battle against this and there since day one. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.